What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 10 of season four. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it's your boy, Lickety Split, Bruno, baby. I was saying Lickety Split a hundred thousand times to Kurt before we started recording, and I'm still saying it to this day. People say he's going, that might be his final words one day. They might be, honestly, and it might not be one day. It might be today. Hey, I don't think they're going to be today. Yeah. They better not be today. Same. If you, I mean, if you choose to do so, just give it an hour until we're done oh, here. So you can have one final send off. <laughs> oh, God, that would be one glory. Uh, recapping fucking uh, Dolphins Bears. What a way to go out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a dream. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to our boy, Bruno. Oh. Uh, he, you, com- you, you complimented me for playing Hurt back in the day. Hmm. Back about a month ago when I snapped my ankle. Oh, my God. Bruno. Uh. Bruno's playing. Oh, I got my MRI back today. Not good. Oh no. We'll start there. Fuck oh, yeah. my shit. Start there. No. No, no you can't say that. You me. can't say you've piqued nope. my curiosity. Bur- I need to know. You can't, Kurt. This is fucking pretend you're Adam Schefter reporting on people's medical diagnoses on Twitter. <laughs> pretend I'm Adam Schefter. I can't do that. Okay. But uh the ligament damage in washed up quarterback Kurt oh, Field's no. left ankle, Bruno. Um well, I was reading the whole report. Uh, you I can see it, see it Bruno. Yep. Uh, from my MRI thing, I was like, "Oh, everything is intact. Tendons good. Cartilage good. Achilles tendon fine." Oh. I was like, "We're we're chilling." Then I got to the ligaments oh, section, and I was reading. I was perusing. Blah 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 blah. And then I get to absence of the anterior talofibular ligament consistent with a complete ligament tear, bro. And I was like, "What does the absence of it mean what where did it go and so i brought the report to my trusty dusty favorite person in the world uh, my old athletic trainer at granby high okay. i was like Be- becky can you read this please and she was reading stuff and she's like oh the mild fluid isn't good blah blah, blah. and then she got to the ligament part and she goes fuck oh no <laughs> and if people who know becky becky doesn't swear oh. becky is not a she's not a cursor um and she cursed. And I was like, Beck, what does it mean by absence of the anterior talofibular ligament? She goes, well, first of all, that like is the biggest ligament in your ankle. And that's like, so I, she had seen the x-ray a couple weeks ago. And she's like, that's consistent with how big that gap is. And she's like, well, now it makes sense why that gap is so big. It's because there is quite literally no ligament there. You just, it's like when you tear your Achilles and it recoils, you know, sometimes in those injury videos, you can see uh-huh. like the it's like roll up uh, the back of the yes leg. yeah gross gross he's like well your your ligament recoiled both directions so uh no i have no what does she call it an atl 
No ATL on my left ankle. I feel like there's still a bazillion questions I have. Namely, where did it go? <laughs> it's gone. It's like it's 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 not there anymore. Does, so I don't know. Will it? Is it just? Is it getting milk from the gas station, or is it going to come back? Well, I don't know, Bruno. <laughs> I would like my doctor to call me back tomorrow. Oh, so I can figure it Your and, doctor's ghosting uh, you. They don't want to tell you the bad news. <laughs> well, I I got my MRI Saturday morning. Okay, early Saturday morning. I'm like, it's Wednesday. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. So we called the doctor. And we, were, well, we being me. Yeah. And I was like, hey there. <laughs> Patient. I've been in the boot for one month. Exactly today. One month in the boot today. Um, I was like, I want to get out of it. They're like, well, <laughs> we got news for you, pal. And then I got my report. So uh, I wish I didn't get my report. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a, a good old report card back in the day that you didn't want to get back. So what is it like? Do you need surgery or is it like more time? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So so your boy is went from playing hurt to just he's going to IR. We're just going straight to oh, IR. Shit. So, uh, yep. Damn. But back to what I was saying. Bruno's hurt. Well, Bruno Kurt, I have more no questions. I have more questions. Kurt, I fuck my voice left. Your fucking ligaments left. I think those are two different things. Mint ligament, um, ATL. Wait, okay, we don't have to talk about it forever. I know we usually get sidetracked at the start, but Kurt, just because I'm genuinely interested, do is this something that they can just do and then you'll like recover and then be fine? Like, is that or like I don't know how serious well, is this? I have no idea how. I really have no idea, so I don't want to like speak on it. Right. However, what I did, what they did tell me, even back at the first X-ray that I had the day after, one month ago today, October 9th. They were like, no matter what is wrong with the inside of your ankle, your ankle will never be the same. Because they're like, you did such such a job on it. Um, but with that being said, like they said that that's from being an athlete your whole life too. I mean, was it probably brought on by this most recent ankle roll? Yeah, but like you've you've done damage down there before. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I definitely have. So. Um, it was just like kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, but it was just a really big straw. All right. So ditches, not pitches, not stitches, stitches, not witches. Ditches are on the dead board forever. If we ever see another ditch, Kurt, it's fade on sight. I don't care if we're driving down the road. I don't care if we're walking on the scene of the crime. Literally fade on sight if we ever see a ditch again. That's just a fact number one. Yep. And fact number two is you're going on IR. So let the record... Kurt, just answer me one final question. Would you say you're hurt yep. or would you say you're injured? I think I'm injured at this point. And Bruno, <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> Bruno, I think I'm going to get zappy. A zap. Oh, I think zappy's in the wings. Oh, no, not the zap. Your brother <laughs> just fucking starts those <laughs> <this> instead. <laughs> Dude, that would be iconic if one day I just don't even tell you and Connor's it's just here. Con, like, it's Bruno and Con. Con and Bruno. The dynamic the duo. Boys. The fucking boys. The fucking boys. Um, Damn. What a start. What a start to the show, Kurt. Well, Bruno had no voice yesterday. So what a miraculous come from back, come from behind victory for Bruno yeah, today. Listen, Kurt was like possibly record yesterday, and I would have. You know, it was election day. Our pod would have been arguably the more most important thing that happened yesterday if we had recorded. Uh turns out though that I had my meetings with my students all day, and then by the end of the day, I was like, <laughs> hopefully the mic yeah. doesn't pick up how horrific that sounded, but that's how I actually sounded. And today, you know, we're doing a little bit better. I had some, you know, 
some some Chinese food before we talked. I drank a lot of water. I did my best, and here we are. I had Chinese food last night. A little <laughs> crispy sesame chicken mm. and an egg roll. It was mm. delicious. That's like up there for the top combos. Oh God, it was it was borderline sexual, Bruno. So um, I'll tell you what, though, from be, <laughs> I, I need to just start eating celery for the next month because um don't get me wrong we are way washed up but i do contrary to the way i look i do enjoy working out and i enjoy running and sweating and still being somewhat athletic uh and not being able to do that for the last month has been really fucking annoying it appears that that is going to be happening oh, for quite some God. time so i need to lay off the fucking pf chains oh, and start eating celery yeah you're not hanging so, out with mark davis anytime soon kurt I will say that's a double-edged sword because obviously a fatso like me would be like fucking A-plus excuse to just sit and be lazy all day. Obviously, for someone who works out, devastating. But, Kurt, I will say it is kind of like – like you know how sometimes you make an excuse and it's like, oh, it's raining today. I can't go to the gym. Like, obviously, stupid, right? Kurt, you can't. You're in a fucking poop. So you have an ironclad excuse to why you can't work out. <laughs> I did tell myself at the beginning of 2022 I would close my move ring every single day on my apple watch i've still closed it every single day oh shit. even with the boot on so i don't know how this is gonna go i i did i did decrease it by a little bit um just Which so i don't better. fucking kill myself with this boot on so um but stay tuned we will prevail we will prevail yeah kurt and i will say last point about that you made it to november you got to finish at this point 10 months in your double digit months in towards that goal you got to finish finish strong i quite literally have like 45 days left. Yeah, done. You're on You're on 45-day IR and also 45-day uh, move ring. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, here we go. That's it. Here we go. Bruno, thanks for – now that we just spent 10 minutes uh, talking about my ankle, <laughs> quite literally 10 minutes into the show, we are going to speed through these recaps. L-O-L. Kurt, let's get it started. Because – and we'll touch about – we'll touch on this at the end. Uh, I don't know. You're you're a music guy. I'm a music guy. We like New Music Friday. True. It is the CMAs tonight. I find the CMAs way more entertaining than even like the Grammys. Like I am all in on the CMAs. Um, so Stats Guy and I are having our CMA party. Got down. it. In, in the basement tonight. I mean, don't get me wrong. None of the big things happen till the end. So we got fucking plenty. We got like four hours. For oh, so unless this is a four-hour pod, we'll be all right. All right. But, uh, An hour per game coming right up. You got it, Kurt. All right, let's start with the <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> All right, fuck off, Kurt. All right, we're starting Eagles-Texans, Bruno, Thursday Night Football. For the first time in Eagles history, Philadelphia is 8-0 after their 29-17 win in Houston last week. Bruno, the MVP frontrunner, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I said it, uh, Jalen Hurts. He threw for 243 yards, two touchdowns, Eagles did overcome a very, very slow start to this game uh, to beat the Texans on Thursday night. Uh, the first half, I was like, hmm, not our, not your finest performance, Mr. Hertz. But once again, turned it on. Uh, A.J. Brown did find the end zone for like the 400th time, yep. give or take a few, yep. uh, this season. And their tight end, Dallas Goddard, Bruno, the boy had another awesome night, over 100 yards receiving again, proving to be an absolute hashtag weapon mm. for Philadelphia. At 1-6-1, one, one, however, the Texans are poised to finish definitely <laughs> top five uh, in the NFL draft next April. And questions need to be asked. 
because people were pretty high on this guy last year. Was it a flash in the pan, or is Davis Mills the guy in Houston? Yeah, Kurt, important questions being asked. I will say the Texans are definitely poised. They're 1-6-1, and one, Kurt, but the boys are poised. That's a fucking fact. Amen to that, brother man. Kurt, you know who else was poised this week? Good old Cameron Dicker, Kurt. Cameron Dicker of the Chargers glory gave her... I was going to try to make a dick joke. I just there wasn't one on the on the tip of my tongue. Well, listen, so. the, the, just the tip, Kurt. And also, there's plenty coming. Um, Cameron Dicker, Kurt, gave her the dick. Get it, Dick? Her, her the dick. Uh, if her was the Falcons and the dick was a game-winning field goal for the Chargers, Kurt. So if you're following along there, Cameron Dicker was the kicker. Dicker the kicker. Consensual kid show. Oh, of course. Uh, op- well, obviously. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, what, is there something other than consensual, Kurt? I don't know what you're talking about. Obviously. I mean, you're come right. on. Come on. You're right. Um, <laughs> it's, I, we got lost in this analogy, but Cameron Dicker, game-winning field goal for the Chargers. Chargers beat the Falcons 21 to, 20 to 17. Kurt, while he did kick the game-winning field goal, honestly, who cares about the start of the game? It, the crazy ending of this game was just all that you really need to know. The Chargers were driving. Austin Eckler, pretty good uh, running back, also pretty good in fantasy, but you know, pretty good running back for the Chargers has an, has had an up and down year. He fumbled the ball with 34 seconds left. It was 17-17. It's like, oh shit, fumbled the ball. Falcons gonna get it. What happens? Kurt, the Falcons recover. Great. Falcons recover the ball. Only problem, Kurt, the Falcons fumbled their fumble recovery. They fumbled the fumble recovery, Kurt. And the Chargers got the ball back, which is absolutely hilarious. It's just hilarious that there was a fumble on a fumble recovery. Then Austin Eckler has this weird play where he like like you know how sometimes you're not down if you like are on your back and like your knees or elbows don't touch the ground and you like roll over a player and then you get up and keep running he had one of those weird plays where it looked like he scored the go-ahead touchdown with like however many seconds left they initially rolled a touchdown they reviewed it said he actually was down so you have those weird plays on this final drive and finally cam gave the dick to her consensually and aaron cameron the chargers got their much needed victory i will say kurt i spoke too long about this game but it's just funny to make those jokes obviously consensually of course uh the falcons welcomed corduroy the boy back again anytime we can talk about corduroy the boy we have to he had two touchdowns today it wasn't enough but kurt the falcons are still very much alive in the nfc smash mouth south nfc south i love it smash smash mouth south south (laughs) no um it I don't believe the Atlanta Falcons can just play a normal football game. They can't. They simply they, cannot. <laughs> they just absolutely refuse any normalcy. They don't want a part of it. Yeah. Um, which makes for fascinating football games and fascinating recaps from Bruno. <laughs> uh, moving right along, bro. Brew. Haha. Who called you that? This finish. Bruha. Okay. G- <laughs> GTs. GTs. Bruno, there were some GTs once again this week for the Dolphins. Two on the Dolphins went to Chicago and survived an unreal record-breaking rushing performance from Justin Fields as Tua, I'm going to say the last name because I can, Tonga Vailoa, threw for three touchdowns. Tyree Kill had 143 yards through the air, which was enough to beat the Bears 35-32 on Sunday in a game where neither team did much of anything, Bruno, to stop the other one. The Dolphins had no trouble moving the ball against a pretty gutted Bears defense this week. Obviously, they traded away a lot in the deadline. It's not the same Bears defense that pooped on the Patriots a couple weeks ago. Let let that point be made, Mm. okay? Uh, But there were enough points to be made uh, for the Dolphins to come away with their third straight win on the flippity-floppity-floppity-flippity-flop. 
You follow? Mm. Fields ran for 178 yards, which was the most for an NFL quarterback in a regular season game ever. Mm. Michael Vick had a previous high with 173 for Atlanta way back in the day. Uh, Bruno, I, I do have to point out it is regular season. True. Colin Kaepernick rushed for 181, I believe, so just a couple more, couple yards more in a postseason game. So not quite the record ever, but still wildly impressive from the boy. Uh, the Bears are competing so much more, even though they lost this game. You can see in the last couple of weeks, uh, ever since the Patriots game, when they've kind of let Fields take over the offense oh, and yeah. run the ball more, have it more catered towards him, they've seen huge improvements. So a win for the Dolphins, bleh, but the Bears have been pretty impressive as of late. Absolutely, Kurt. And you know what else is impressive? Not only Tua won this game, he also won over 1% of the vote in Florida as a write-in candidate. So shout out to out to wait, say it again, Tua. Tunga Vailoa. Shout out the boy for also being a politician at the same time. Um, Kurt. That's like when Brady used to get the right-in vote. I know. I know. I wonder what his record was. Stats guy, look up what Tom Brady's all-time right-in record was. I can tell you. He oh. got two point like something percent of the vote. That two point something. <laughs> I mean, that is that is significant, Kurt. Um, Kurt, speaking of politicians who are dumb and speaking of being dumb, our weekly edition in this next game of which playing the field personality made the dumbest pick six of the week. Kurt, it comes to no surprise to our listeners, to our fans, to our sponsors, to our viewers, and to our enjoyers that I, Bruno, once again, won the dumbest pick award for the 25th week in a row, Kurt, because guess what? I picked the Panthers to beat the Bengals, and that might have been the most incorrect pick maybe of all time, because, Kurt, (laughs) let me just lay lay the scene for you and the listeners. I know you already know, obviously. Bengals 42, Panthers 21, a 21-point victory that honestly felt like it was triple that in, in the should have been the margin of victory. Kurt, the Bengals, let me just throw some numbers at you, all right? We're not stats guys, but let me just throw some numbers at you. Joe Mixon, five touchdowns in this game, Kurt. Five. Five touchdowns. Insane. He had four rushing touchdowns, one receiving. He had 153 yards rushing, 58 yards receiving. And Kurt, the Bengals were up 35 nothing at halftime. Kurt, the Panthers had 32 total yards at halftime. The Bengals had 35 points. The Panthers had 32 total yards. What the fuck is that, Kurt? Welcome to your banana land stat line of the week. Bananas. Kurt, we could go on, but again, you know, it is what it is. The Bengals just absolutely blew their doors off. Good for the Bengals. They bounced back after losing to the uh, Browns last week. For the Panthers, all I'll say is this is hilarity we're seeing from them. P.J. Walker started this game and played, like, dog shit. I think he had nine yards passing in the first half. That's simply not good. Like, literally, that is, like, whatever good is, it's the direct opposite of that. They then had Baker Mayfield play in the second half. He, again, garbage points in the yards. Who cares, right? They were up third. They were down 35 nothing to start the half, so who cares about any of those stats? And then Sam Darnold was activated off IR. So the Panthers are playing quarterback roulette, Kurt, and Panthers fans are about to start playing Russian roulette. That's where they're at. <laughs> Bruno. Let's on the count of three, okay. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. Pick your if you're the Panthers right oh, now, and you're the interim head coach oh, there. God. Which quarterback are you starting next week? On the count of three, we're both signing it. I'm giving you no time to think about oh, it. God. One, two, three. PJ Sam Walker. Darnold. Oh. Whoa. I just like the story. i give me Sam Darnold just yeah. because uh just for fun. Well, also, Kurt, PJ Walker's had some good moments. He's had a lot of bad. Baker has had a ton of bad. Sam Darnold. His bad is so long ago that we forgot about it that it's almost like, well, he could be good. Well, Bruno. Yep. Tony Romo was saying, Aaron? 
all confused this week, Bruno, because Aaron Rodgers should have retired. Yes, okay. Uh, the Packers were handed there. Bruno, how many touchdowns did Joe Mixon score this week? I believe a five. Well, the Packers were handed their fifth straight loss. Uh, wild, first of all, to the lowly, lowly, lowly Lions. Oh, okay? you know, Detroit has the worst defense in the NFL by a pretty substantial margin. Oh, Aaron Rodgers was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm still throwing every interception. Oh, God. Yeah, they were only able to muster up nine points offensively. And in the loss, Aaron Rodgers threw three interceptions all in Detroit. Uh, Detroit's territory. Most of them by the by the end zone. Yuck. That's not good. Uh, Bruno, um, this season has just continued to be incredibly pedestrian for them. And I will say, even though they beat Bailey Zappi in week four, that was the beginning of the end for the Detroit. I mean, for the uh, Green Bay Packers, because in hindsight, they probably should have rolled the Patriots that game. They didn't roll the Patriots, had to go to overtime, and now they've lost five straight ever since it. So, not fantastic. On the other side, the Lions did get a much-needed win, even though uh, they're not going anywhere this year, I don't think. They have been in a lot of games in this first half of the season. They're just a team that can't figure out how to win. People always say, before you learn how to win, you have to learn how to not lose. The Lions learned how to not lose. Just play Aaron Rodgers every week, and you're probably going to win. So, Bruno, how how amazed are you uh, that the pack, this Packers team has fallen from grace so fast, so quickly, so far? It, dude, it's it's crazy, especially considering, like, yes, they lost Devontae Adams, but, like, Aaron Rodgers looks horrifically bad. And, yes, he doesn't have receivers, but, like, outside of Devontae Adams, he's never had receivers. They've always managed it somehow, and their defense was supposed to be like unbelievable this year like people were saying top five defense they've not even you know obviously they didn't they played okay against the lions but they haven't even really looked that good it is just, it is just stunning and that combined with brady both of these storylines happening at the same time has been wild to see how unfold insane insane um kurt speaking of insane j-e-t-s jets 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 hopefully you can there hear that is, through baby. my hopefully you can hear that through my scratchy voice uh the jets kurt two weeks ago they play the Patriots, riding all the momentum in the world. They look like sure. fucking shit. The Patriots stomp on their hearts. The Jets are like, yep, the same old Jets. Then they go to play the Bills, and it's like, oh, God, the sky is falling for the Jets. What do they do, Kurt? They beat the Bills. Yes, may I repeat, the New York Jets stunned the football world, and probably themselves too, Kurt, as they bounce back to beat the Jets in an absolutely crazy result that probably no one saw coming, except maybe the Jets themselves. I don't even know if they saw it coming. Kurt. No, I, they'd be, they would be lying to themselves. Right, exactly. And, Kurt, I will say, all year the story has been the Jets' defense. This game, it their defense was legit. And it's like, again, against maybe one of the best teams in the AFC, that's impressive, right? They intercepted Josh Allen twice. They sacked him five times. They held Josh Allen without a touchdown pass. That's pretty fucking crazy when you stop and think about it. Um, Josh Allen did run for two scores, but again, like containing him that much is pretty fucking impressive. Kurt, what's pretty fucking yep. depressing is the Jets offense. The Jets offense is legitimately terrible. Like it is hilarious how they keep winning when Zach Wilson is fucking so bad. He, he also threw for two, two interceptions this game and he also threw for no touchdowns. I will say the Jets, I mean, they got the win in the end, so I'm sure they're happy and even more so. It was tied 17 late, and the Jets did drive 86 yards in 13 plays to hit the game-winning field goal, right? So they did have that. Zach Wilson did play a part in that. Again, you got the win. 
I, I will say though, if the Jets want to go anywhere, they're like their defense is like championship contender level. Like they're playing like a playoff team, a good playoff team defense. Their offense is like they're gonna have to figure that out if they wanted to make any noise seriously in the playoffs. But again, they'll take the win over the Bills. I will say, Kurt, if you're the Bills, obviously you're sad to lose this game. They, I don't know if you saw the Josh Allen stuff, but he hurt himself late in the game. I don't think as bad as Kurt Field hurt himself, but he injured his. Or he also had some ligament damage something with an ulnar or something or other in his elbow. And so the latest I saw today, Kurt, I don't know if you saw further, was he got his MRI potentially day-to-day, might be missing the game this week, but, like, I guess they're not saying it's serious yet. But, Kurt, imagine if at the end of the season this is massive both for the AFC East race and also the playoff race if this is the game where Josh Allen got hurt. Who would have thought it, Kurt? I know, and it's, it's interesting. Two quick points. One, about the Jets. Uh, like you mentioned, they have a borderline elite defense. Zach Wilson blows. Yeah, it's so bad. Like, which is humbling because I really thought he was going to be the best quarterback out of that draft class. And he just he just can't get out of his own way. The problem is he thinks he's the Mormon Mahomes. Oh, God. You're, not, you're barely the first thing. M&M. Okay? Like, you're, yeah, Eminem. Too bad he's, like, just M and, like, not even a good oh, one. Damn. So, yeah, I mean... Oh, he likes M's, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, God. M-O-M's. So, oh, God. <laughs> but anyway, so he needs to figure it out. And then yeah. the whole Josh Allen thing, Josh Allen accounts for, like, they've scored like 25 touchdowns this year or something. Uh, that number seems low to me. But uh, Josh Allen is responsible for 23 of them. Like, he has either thrown or rushed 23 of them. Uh, uh, <laughs> if you take him away... That means there's problems for the Bills. And this is an injury that like a lot of pitchers get in their elbows. And they're like, you know, some days you wake up and you can fu- you got you can sling it. And then you like you'll wake up the next day and you can't throw the ball five feet. So ideally, the days where he plays the Patriots, he will wake up and cannot throw the ball five feet. Yes. This is all part of Bill's master plan. Um and it'll be interesting because if he does miss time, you know, they have a the seven and one Vikings coming to town this week. Big game for them. Not having Josh Allen will probably be a pretty big deal. But if this this, this blah, blah, blah. if this lingers and this becomes a problem for the rest of the year, the Bills are suddenly susceptible because that Bills defense, Bruno, the New York Jets with a meh offensive line and no Brees Hall gashed them on the ground. Gashed them. So you're telling me Mondre ain't going to gash them? Give me a break. Give me BFFR. Be fucking for real, okay? Um, we'll see, Bruno. But this game, a lot to take away from it. Um, this could be a pivotal moment in the season for, for both squads. Bruno, speaking of those 7-1 and one Vikings. Speak on them. You like that? Oh. You like that? Oh. Okay, Kirk the God <laughs> got the game ball this week after leading Minnesota to a comeback victory against his team that he started the his NFL career with, Bruno. And the first thought that came to his mind was starting a chant with the most famous words that have ever come from his mouth while he was with Washington. He got the whole goddamn team to scream, you like that? As they're breaking it down in the locker room. I thought it was so fucking yeah, sick. It, it was, was. Oh, drippy. <laughs> drippy Kirk Cousins was back. Uh, but Bruno, that was the best part of the game because yeah. the game overall sucked. Yeah. Um, he was playing in D.C. for the first time since being traded. Uh, and Kirk Cousins definitely rebounded. Uh, he's had a bad interception at the end of the first half. But he did finish 20 of 40, meh, 50% completion percentage, not fantastic. 
but 265 uh, through the air with a touchdown pass to Justin Jefferson and a dime of a touchdown pass to Dalvin Cook, who caught it one-handed in the back of the end zone. Uh, so the Vikings are rolling. Once again, though, Taylor Heineke played all right in the loss, and I truly believe he should never, ever, 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 ever give up the job to Carson Wentz for the rest of the year. Like we just talked about, Bruno, 7-1 Vikings now set up a huge matchup with Buffalo next week. Absolutely, Kurt. Absolutely. Kurt, uh, speaking of huge contests, many people, when they think of what a huge contest, contest is, think of Jaguars Raiders. That's, that's a huge contest, I think, in many people's mind. And Kurt, my God, my God, Kurt, the Las Vegas Raiders are so miserable, Kurt. Literally just absurdly miserable. Kurt, the Raiders, they play the Jaguars this week in this huge contest, as I just said. And honestly, what you would you think about this game? You'd think this was a bounce-back game for the Raiders, right? They've had a tough season. They're playing the Jaguars. Bounce-back game. Kurt, first half, you'd be like, yes, sir. Raiders bouncing back. Devontae Adams. Kurt, first half, Devontae Adams, nine catches, 146 yards, and two touchdowns. Those are whole game stats. That was first half stats for Devonta Adams. Listen, fantasy sure. managers were probably fucking thrilled. Imagine doubling that for the whole game. Huh? That'd be crazy. No. Obviously, you didn't do that. Um, Kurt, Kurt, the Raiders, they went up 17-0 in the first half. You're like, let's fucking go, Raiders. Bounce back game. They got the shit. They're up 20-10 to 10 at halftime. Cruise control. Right? Right? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, Kurt, uh, instead of cruise control, Josh McDaniels better be shipped out on a cruise right back to New England because the Raiders were held scoreless in the second half by the Jaguars, and the Jaguars came back to win 27-20. to 20. Absolutely yikes, Kurt. Trevor Lawrence played well in the second half. Travis Etienne actually has been balling out ever since James Robinson got traded. Again, credit to the Jaguars for coming back. Kurt, the Jaguars, with this victory, now have more wins than the Raiders. Dude, That's I mean, fucking stunning, Kurt. And let me just repeat again, yikes. Stunning, yikes, all the words. Kurt, I will say this. I feel like you and I have talked about this. The Raiders have the talent. You saw what happened in the first half. You see the people on their team. I don't know what's going on, but like when you have the pieces and the pieces aren't able to put it together, you kind of have to be like, oh, I don't know, GM. Might be the coaching. Listen, Mark Davis, do the right thing. No more P.F. Chanks for Kurt. No more Josh McDaniels for the Raiders. Send it back to New England. We need him as our offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, a Matt Patricia for Josh McDaniels swap, one, v one for one. I mean, Mark Davis, I can't just throw in a bucket of chicken and like it's we're good hurt who says no not mark davis <laughs> yeah, exactly is it al davis or mark? no i think it's i think it's mark isn't al's father is al dead? Was al's dead i think yeah. i think al's dead uh, like al r.i.p in peace yeah r.i.p in peace bruno what's their record now the raider two and six holy Dude, hell bad not good oh uh, yeah not good but at this point there is enough i believe of a uh, timeline on Mickey D's tenure as head coach. Um, it's not good. <laughs> Kurt, you can say there's enough of a timeline so that he should not have any more time as a head coach. Yeah, there's also someone else I believe that about. Hmm. And it happens to be the coach of a team we're going to talk about. Bruno, the biggest surprise through the first half of this season could be the Giants, could be the Packers being terrible. 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 Horrible. Or you could go with what I believe and say it's the first place Seattle Seahawks. Bruno, who did they beat? Who do I want fired? I want Cliff Kingsbury fired. I want 
the Arizona Cardinals sent to the moon, which as our boy Jason Lublin says, might not be far enough. Okay? Bruno, in this game, Pete Carroll's club, the club that I believe is the, the biggest surprise of the first half, beat the Cardinals 31-21 to in Arizona on Sunday afternoon to remain at the top of the NFC West. Now, Bruno, this whole season, what's been, what's been so amazing since the trade of Russell Wilson is Geno Smith. Yes, that Geno Smith has been resilient and ha- was once again 100% on display this weekend. Geno lost the lead in the, for Seattle in the third quarter after throwing a really bad pick six. Like, not good, terrible throw, good play by the defense, blah, 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 blah. But comes right back, leads the offense on touchdown drives of 75, 81, and 85 yards down the stretch when it mattered the most, pushed the Seahawks to victory. Also in the game, uh, wasn't just Geno who balled rookie running back Kenneth Walker, found the end zone two times in the win, and this now drops the Cardinals to three and six on the season with games their next four weeks against the Rams, 49ers, Chargers, bye week, then Patriots. It doesn't get any tougher. There are no layups. There are no gimmies. They look like they have real issues. And j- maybe, just maybe, Bruno, here's what I'll say. Hmm. If they, for, if somehow they lose the next three games, if they lose Rams, 49ers, Chargers, which weirder things have happened, two division games in the Chargers, and they are three and nine, I think they fire Cliff Kingsbury at the break and before the Patriots game. Or, Kurt, we add them to the list of teams this year we've played and they fired their coaches right after. We're the Grim Reaper this year. We That's hello. That's us. That's us. Kurt, speaking of us, can we, Kurt, let's just take a step back, Kurt. Let's reflect on ourselves, our performances podcast so far. Kurt, you know what I think? What? That was awesome. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> you know who else said that, Kurt? Tom Brady at the start of his post-game press conference as Kurt, he leads the Bucks against the Rams on a game-winning touchdown drive to none other than the boy, Cade Otten, the rookie tight end, with nine seconds left to lead the Bucks to a 16-13 win over the Rams. Kurt, this was a shitty fucking game. Let's let's not even, you know, I don't even want to talk about it. It was that bad. Terrible. Uh, terrible, as you've said many times. Absolutely terrible. Both teams are struggling this year. Both teams struggled in this game. But Brady and the Bucks were on a three-game losing streak, his longest losing streak in 20 years. Kurt, it looked like it was going to be four-game losing streak because the Bucks were playing so fucking bad. Kurt, they're down 13 to nine, fourth and six, one minute, 57 seconds left. Fourth down, you're like, oh, Brady's got this clutch. Uh, wrong. They got stopped. Rams get the ball back. You're like, oh, shit, this game's over. However, Kurt, the Rams, they said, you're struggling. We're struggling more, bitches. They went three and out, did absolutely nothing, punted the ball back to the Bucks, and literally, it was absurd. I was watching the end of this game. Brady just literally so easily, and as uh, our boy Ant Rosati would say, this is what happens when you play prevent defense. Prevent defense prevents you from winning. Brady and the Bucks drive down 60 yards in 44 seconds, just score like the snap of her fingers, and then they win the game. It was crazy. Yeah, like, it was with, so easy for the Bucks. With zero timeouts, too. Like, they... Yeah. It was a masterclass, but Bruno, it's I. When I was watching this game, and again, it was it was painful. It was not fun to watch this game. When the when the Rams went three and out, I looked at my buddy Jake, and I was like, "Well, the the Bucks are gonna win the game." He's like, "Dude, no yeah. fucking way." I'm like, "Yeah, Brady sucks ass. But like this is like this is like Brady. This is what Brady lives off of." So yeah, yeah I mean, and then yeah, he, he cruised, and he's still alive, Kurt. So. 
I, again, I completely agree with you. Uh, I will say this win doesn't fix everything for the Bucks. Literally not even close. But it sure looked like it felt amazing, especially seeing them celebrate, seeing Brady at the post game, seeing all the videos that came out. Uh, who knows? Maybe this is the start of a run for the Bucks, Kurt. Speaking of runs, I read this in a recap, Kurt. You know that Tom Brady is on a run of not throwing an interception since week one? That, like, almost doesn't feel right because how bad the Bucks have played. Yeah. But he just hasn't thrown an interception. Meanwhile, Mr. Doesn't throw interceptions Aaron Rodgers thrown three in the goal and uh, the red zone against the Lions this week. So tough sight to see. But Kurt, let me just stick this in there because I have to say it whenever I can. NFC match mouth south by the babies. NFC south baby. Oh my god. Insane. <laughs> I, I typed that, Kurt, and it looks fine typed, but then I didn't think about how I have to say that. NFC smash mouth baby. It's bad. It's bad. Kurt, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's just leave it alone. Bruno, here's one thing, too. Uh, like you mentioned, the way the Bucks were celebrating on the sidelines. Did you see when Brady hugged Brian Leftwich? I did. Just, like, the passion that he hugged him with and, like, the relief. It, like, it looked like he was going to cry. Like, he was so happy. Um, Kurt, this might be a low blow. With a certain uh, personal life situation going on, he probably hasn't got that many hugs recently. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not a lot of, not a lot of physical touch going on. <laughs> not a lot. Well, uh, not with uh, adults at least. Well, just his right hand. Um, and he kisses his children on the lips. But who's counting? Little, little tongue in there. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Uh, you when you know ESPN posts the graphic about like undefeated teams, and the other day they posted Eagles eight and zero, Bailey Zappi two and zero, and then in a really tiny. Tiny oh picture. They put Tom Brady one and zero since being divorced. They then, oh no! They then had to delete the tweet because it got really bad pushback. But I thought it was fucking hilarious. ESPN posted that? ESPN. Like that is on, fucking hilarious. Sunday countdown or whatever it was. Yeah, hilarious. that is so funny. Uh, unbelievable, Bruno. You know what else is funny? Say it. Seeing other AFC teams lose make, gives me great pride, baby. Uh, and Bruno, I'll tell you what. One of these AFC teams, the one that didn't lose, God, they're mm. fucking lucky they have Patty Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Bruno, in case the people out there live under a rock, he's the Chiefs quarterback. He threw mm. 68 times in the game. The, I mean, the game felt like it went on forever, and now I know why, because he threw 68 times. Bruno, yeah. if I told you coming into the game, Patrick Mahomes was going to have 25 incompletions, you'd be like, oh, Chiefs <laughs> No, yeah. he was 43 of 68 for 446 yards and only one touchdown. But he did run in the tying score and had a two-point conversion late in the fourth quarter before Harrison Butlicker, I mean Butker, atoned mm. for two earlier misses by drawing the go-ahead field goal in OT, lifting the Chiefs to a 20-17 victory. This miraculously, as we talked about on the pick six, was the Chiefs' second win in the last seven games against the Titans, which... Doesn't seem real because the Chiefs have been a juggernaut for so long. Um, so it must still good for the Chiefs to get a win over a team that's kind of had their number the last few years. The Titans, obviously, once again, an, a tremendous effort on the ground from King Henry. He finished for with 115 yards, only 17 carries, two tutties. Uh, rookie Malik Willis made his second career start. He added 40 yards on the ground. I think having him in the lineup helps Derrick Henry because it's another rushing option. Um, but he was a measly, a Peasley measly, Beasley, five of 16 through the air for only 80 yards. Tell me again how the Titans thought they didn't need AJ Brown because they need five of him. Yeah. Forget just him. They need five of him. Uh, Titans still in great shape to win this division. However, 
the AFC South, Bruno, current standings. Titans, five and three. 50 feet of dog shit. The Colts, three, five and one. The Jags, three, six. I mean, three and six. And the Texans, one, six and one. Oh, my God. I mean, just an atrocious division from top to bottom. Yeah, Kurt, that is pretty fucking bad. I don't have any other words to describe that. Kurt, you know what else is bad? Having some of your best players injured for a game. The Ravens, Saints, Monday Night Football. Ravens, no Mark Andrews. No Gus Edwards. Deshaun Jackson came back, caught one pass, and got injured. LOL, that's what he always does. Hamstring. Kurt, none of those players? No problem. The Ravens smothered the Saints 27-13. Another one of those games that is not even as close as it sounds, and it doesn't even sound like it was that close. We don't need to talk forever about this game. The bottom line, uh, the bottom, you know, the takeaway from this game, Lamar Jackson did the damn thing against the Saints. He was running around them like absolute fools. Kenyon Drake, yes, may I repeat, Kenyon Drake did the same thing. He had 93 yards and two tutties. They were just doing whatever they wanted. Andy Dalton and the Saints looked like they were peewees playing against the varsity Star Wars. Kurt, the Ravens are now 6-3, and three, and they are atop the AFC North. And I will say, Kurt, for all the consternation about the Ravens this year, and then I think I heard the sat on part of my take, either today or on Monday. The Ravens have had a double-digit lead in every game. Yes, they've blown three of those because they're 6-3. They could also easily be 9-0 right now, just saying. Uh, their defense kind of came, you know, had a slow start to this year. I think their longtime defensive coordinator, what's his name, Dean, whatever his name is, he's now in the Giants. Yep. So they had a slow start to this year. They obviously you know, brought in someone new, and are, are, they had to rebuild their schemes. Slow start, but they're playing like their defenses of old as of late, so that's huge for the Ravens as they keep going. But, Kurt, I'm just going to say it, right? The Ravens peaking or getting into top form. The Bills slumping a little bit, getting injured. The Chiefs, as you just said, needing to be lucky to win. I'm just saying, Kurt. I'm just saying eyeball emojis. Now, I should also acknowledge, and if I already brought up PMT, Big Cat just put a Super Bowl feature on the Ravens, which means they're probably going to miss the playoffs because that's how it usually works when Big got bet on something. But still, Kurt, if you're a Ravens fan, you have to be enjoying the ride. Yeah, it's I, we. I've talked about a lot uh, how this Ravens team is a – they're going to be there at the end of the year. When it's all said and done, look at Baltimore to be a team that you know could potentially come out of the AFC. But again, it just comes down to health. So much of this point of the season – uh, you're halfway through. You're battered. You're bruised. Uh, like you said, Mark Andrews out. Deshaun Jackson gets hurt. No Gus Edwards. I mean, they're one Lamar Jackson hamstring away from sucking. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Bruno, also shout out to us. Uh, because we talked about my ankle for 10 minutes, we, we yeah. rifled through that in 30 minutes. That was awesome. Fucking Kurt, that was awesome. That was fucking awesome. Oh, God. He just sounded so relieved, <laughs> sounded so relieved during that, too. But, Bruno, uh, it's time to talk about Tom Brady's former team. Mm. team that Tom Brady admitted on his podcast, he still watches every week. Bruno, he, Bill Belichick heaped – or no, sorry, I'll back up. When Bill Belichick got the record, Tom Brady heaped, heaped praise on the Bill Belichick. Well, when Tom Brady just broke the record for 100,000 passing, mm. Bill Belichick just heaped it right back on Tom. And it's become – A lot of heaping. A lot of heaping, a lot of love fests going on. Um, Bruno, when he leaves the Bucks next year, who just says he comes back for one more ride? Hashtag let's ride. Listen, he's getting out of one long-term partnership, and he wants to get back into another. In more ways than one, you might say. In more ways than one, Kurt. Let's <laughs> talk Pats.
all right, I know we were just kind of like playing around, but like, would you take Tom back next year? <sighs> I mean, it, it, it's never going to happen. I mean, it's never going to happen. But like, would would you do it? I mean, Kurt, the more time that passes, the more my answer is yes. You know, distance do make the heart grow fonder. It's true. And I I think like, I don't get me wrong. I think Bill Belichick would be incredibly hard to play for, especially for two decades. But Tom Brady is such a sociopath and so driven. And so is Bill. That like, they're the same person. Like, they're the same exact person. So I think Brady misses the structure that bill provides and the the ferociousness at which he takes uh, every meeting every detail every game plan every nap like i think bill just i mean they both just eat breathe sleep football so i mean who says no maybe tom but like who else says no and kurt i'm also just gonna throw this out there one of the reasons he was so enticed back in the day to leave for the bucks much better roster than ours kurt 2022, yes, the Bucks have injuries. I'm just saying, compare the rosters. Kurt, we've been talking about wanting the New England Patriots quarterback, whoever it is, to utilize all of the pass catchers at their disposal. I'm just saying there'd be a lot of pass catchers at Tom Brady's disposal. Just saying. Uh, you're just saying, which is nice of you to just say. Just let them know. Just, just let them know. <laughs> float it out there a little bit. Um, Bruno, with that being said, the Tom's former team, the Pats, Better record than the Bucks, by the way. Anywho, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, the Patriots moved to five and four heading into the bye week after beating the, I don't even know if I'd call them the NFL. Oh, God. Oh, God. They're not. So uh, 26 to three. And that felt too close. Yeah. Um, Bruno, in the win for the Patriots, okay, the story of the game is the defense. Mm-hmm. The Patriots sacked Sam Ellinger. <laughs> Shout out to me for learning how to say his name. Uh, I don't think you'll be hearing it much more in the NFL. Nope. But uh, sacked him nine times. And Matt Judon Beast. and Josh Uche want to welcome you to the sack party yes, because sir. they are the president and vice president yeah. of the Patriots pass rush. Um, what is so impressive to me too, Bruno, is like, uh, the Colts have a whole uh, huge issues, obviously. And, you know, after the game, they hi- they fired Frank Reich um, and hired Jeff Saturday for some reason. I don't know yeah. why, but they Yikes. that'd be like the Patriots firing Bill Belichick and be like, hey, Vince Wilfork, <laughs> want to come coach the boys? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, look, I love Vince, but uh, my God, not as a head coach. <laughs> and the Super Bowl would be like, I have no experience. And Jim Ursay would be like, I don't care. He has no fear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Bruno, this Patriots defense, I mean, what they did on Sunday was historic. And, uh, you you know, the nine sacks are the nine sacks. They also had a pick six on behalf of Jonathan Jones. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was even more impressive than the nine sacks, they held the Colts to 0 for 14 on third down and 0 for 2 on fourth down. So on gotta have it plays, they were zero for sixteen. The Colts were. So again, the Patriots defense has been coming on as of late, and don't get me wrong, they're gonna have to show out the rest of the year because it gets every game from this point on gets tougher. So, uh, but this is this is a a really fucking good way to go into your bye week and feeling good. How do you? 
what do you what do you think about the defensive performance? I mean, Kurt, it was great. Um, it's it's tough because we'll get into other parts of the Patriots. You know, Bills likes to say it's uh, you know three parts of football offense, defense, special teams. We'll get into the other stuff, but defensively, it was a joy. I don't know about you, like I'm not as much of an X's and O's guy. But usually when our defense is on the field, I'm like, okay, can we hurry up and go back on offense? Because generally it's more fun to watch. It was like generally fun to just see fucking how in fear and scared Sam Ellinger was going to be running around, seeing ghosts, getting sacked, throwing picks, be playing horrible. It was fun. And it's like if you're having fun watching your team play defense, it's a good time. Oh, it's the best, dude. And like they were just flying around. They looked fast. Um which is something we haven't really seen from the Patriots defense over the years. So yeah. we'll, we will take that Bruno. Um, I think it needs to, obviously, like you mentioned, there are three phases to football and two of them. Well, one specifically, and then one has a one issue, but uh, the Patriots offense is broken. Yeah. And yeah, it needs, I don't know if a complete overhaul is the right word, but it needs to look in itself in the mirror this bye week and figure out what its identity is going to be going forward. Because um, there is a myriad of issues, and I think you can kind of break them down into you know these categories. Okay, the coaching, the offensive line, Mac Jones, and the skill p- players not separating. Um, the timing looks off like Mac looks like he's ready to throw the ball and nobody has their head turned to Mac. Uh, so it's like, okay, is that the receivers not being in the right spots or not turning their head quick enough? Or is it the play call because the play calls, you know, trying to push the ball down the field a little bit, or is it Mac just being sped up or is it Mac being sped up because the offensive line sucked? So like all four of those situations could be at play on any given play, which is just, it spells disaster for your, for your offense. And Bruno, the offense is broken for sure, but you know, at what point do you worry about Mac Jones development here? Because Mac looks broken. And I, I, again, I don't, I really don't place most of this blame at Mac Jones. Um, He was not good this year, but I don't, I think that's kind of a, a, more of an indication of what he's been given to work with, especially from a coaching staff. So what I'll say to you, Bruno is like, you know, how far down this rabbit hole are the Patriots going to go? Because if you, if you get a quarterback who, I mean, this, this time last year, Bruno, Mac Jones was the odds on favorite to win offensive rookie of the year. He was on his way to a pro bowl. I mean, again, albeit he was like voted in at the end, but like, he made a Pro Bowl, had one of the best rookie seasons of all time, and now we're at the bye week in week going into week ten of the season, and he has four touchdowns and seven picks. And again, I know he missed three games, but like this is not the Mac Jones that you saw last year. So, um, Bruno, again, I'm putting you on the spot, but again, if you were to if you were to power rank the Patriots' biggest offensive issues between coaching, Mac, the offensive line, and the, and the skill players, how would you rank like the most pressing issue what would you say is number one i would say most pressing number one is coaching because to me it's like yes there hasn't been separation from the skill position or the you know wide receivers tight ends running backs whatever you want to call them right um i think a large part of that could just be like we're not calling plays that are 
built around their strengths. We're not, you know, whether it's not in practice, that things aren't clicking. Like you said, Mac Jones looks ready to throw and people aren't ready to receive. Like a lot of that I feel like is coaching. And as our friend Jason likes to say on every Sunday, fire Matt Patricia to the moon. And that might not be far enough because the play calls are just mystifying. Like you could look at our group text and it, 90% of it is just what the fuck are these play calls? What are we doing? And why are we doing this? So that is the number one thing. And we could chat a little bit about that more. What I'll say about Mac Jones though, that I also want to add completely agree on everything you said, right? I think we came into this year with a lot of hype, especially because in the off season, we saw all this stuff. He went a conditioning program. He was like working in the lat, like he was working with receivers. We know he was like getting in shape. Like we were expecting him to take a big jump and yes, he's been injured, but like we have not seen that jump. Kurt, we asked how far down the rabbit hole we're going. Here's what I'll say. I'm ready to commit to Mac Jones for the rest of the season and it's next season purely because if we just be real, right? Our defense is great. We're kind of like a version of the Jets, though, where our defense is great and our offense looks out of sorts. If you look at our division, right, we got the Bills, who are Josh Allen injury away from being the best team in football. We got the Jets, who are low-key, legit all of a sudden. And we got the Dolphins, who are a Tua injury away from maybe being undefeated. So, again, we're like, we were already, without Mac Jones, say Mac Jones continued his positive momentum. We were already looking at an uphill battle this year to even contend in the division, let alone make the playoffs. And we did think it was realistic. We were sitting on the spot saying, if we go four and two, five and one, six, no, in this stretch, we go into the end of the season, we have a chance to make the playoffs. I'm not saying we can't, right? I'm not saying it's impossible, but like, I think we just, we, we keep it out with Mac Jones because again, like what is the outcome for the rest of the season where if you had to make me bet on it right now, it's like, I don't know if I'm confident saying we're going to make the playoffs. So we might as well let Mac Jones go into the bye week meet with the coaches, figure some shit out and try to look good for the rest of the season. And then we'll see what happens next year. I'm not saying we replace him next year, but like we might as well just have the rest of the season to try to have him figure it out because what, you know, what else are we going to do? I don't think Bill Belichick looks at this season as like a bridge year, but I also don't think he doesn't look at this year, like a bridge year. Kind of like us. every game. Yeah, I think exactly. I think every year, every year, every game Bill Belichick coaches in, he wants to win. Yes. I think he's also a realist. Yes. And with this team that he has constructed and with the last two drafts being very good and with the second most cap space in the NFL going into next season with the new TV deals that are about to hit with the salary cap going up by probably $40 million, Bill and the Patriots are in a good spot for next year. And I think he knows that. Um, and he knows they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year, but I think he needs to see his team compete. And right now your offense isn't even competitive. In the last two games, they've played very, very good defenses. The Jets and the Colts have very good defenses. But you have scored one – you've gone on one touchdown drive longer than four yards in two games. You've kicked a fuck ton of field goals, <laughs> which is like dope, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like. And you've scored in the 20s both games because you, you score so many field goals. But, like, again, you're not going to beat the Bills and you're not going to beat the Bengals and you're not going to beat the Dolphins by kicking field goals. And it's what we talked about when all these teams used to play the Patriots. Oh, if you want to beat Tom Brady, you're not going to kick field goals. So that's almost the mentality the Patriots have to have now going into these this final stretch of the season here. Um, we've kind of talked about it at, at will. We know what's on the horizon. If the Patriots can somehow knock off the Jets after the bye week, we sat here six weeks ago and said, oh, if the Patriots can go 5-1 and one in their next six games, they're in striking position. Well, if they beat the Jets, 
they would have gone five and one and there would have been a striking position. If they can get to six and four, realistically, four four wins out of their next seven games, and they probably make the playoffs. Um, so it'll be interesting, Bruno. It'll be really, really interesting to see what happens. But this offense needs it needs a whole lot of help. And again, I agree. I would put coaching number one at the top of the list of issues. Um, and again, in the red zone is when it's been so, so, so bad. Um, some of Matt Patricia's calls on the goal line, handing the ball to Stevenson out of shotgun. Dude, when you're on the one-yard line, you're not giving your running back any chance by really handing it off. If Again, if you're in a tight formation, all 11 people on your team and all 11 on pe- people on their team are right up on the line, and you run the ball at a shotgun, you are giving your running back zero chance. Go under center, sneak it, do whatever you got to do, or let your running back come downhill with a full head of steam. You're basically starting him from a stopped position and handing him the ball. And it, it, the Colts just flew to the ball, and it was it was terrible. He did it twice, and then it took a one-handed Ramondre Stevenson touchdown to score. I was it's just – yeah, it's not good. Yeah, and Kurt, I was just going to say exactly what you just said. Yes, we scored. What did it take? Fucking Ramondre Stevenson making an absolutely absurdly casual one-handed snag as a running back in the corner of the end zone. Like that's to, – to have to go through that much effort to score – not not a sign of good times. Not a sign of good times at all. And what I'll say too is like it, it you have to figure it out against the Jets because they're a pissed off team who you beat two weeks ago. They don't think you should have beaten them in their place. They're they just are coming off a monster win over the Buffalo Bills. They're gonna be riding that wave. Uh it's kind of similar to how they went into the last game. But um, you know, the Patriots are gonna have to give them their best shot. And I I have more faith in the Patriots and the Patriots offense figuring out than I do Zach Wilson. So, I, I mean, that's good for us, I guess. But I I think where I will go next in this, too, is I think the getting David Andrews back is going to go a long way in trying to help this offensive line. And thank God, because uh, David Andrews is a fucking animal. And when we, when we weren't hearing about Cole Strange – is when he was right next to David Andrews. And I think a lot can be said about that. Um, I listened to, you know, Tom Curran's Patriots Talk podcast and then Phil Perry's Next Pats pod. And they had, on Phil's podcast this week, they had Dante Scarnecchia. And he was talking about how important that chemistry is between a rookie and whoever's on both sides of them. So Trent Brown, aside from some of his penalty issues, has been okay. He He's not the problem. Cole Strange, the left guard spot, has been a problem Cole, for, since David Andrews has been out. So Cole Strange has been benched for Isaiah Wynn, who got benched from right tackle. So we took a benched guy <laughs> to to replace a guy who's being benched. And then the benched guy sucks bad enough that the guy who was benched goes back in. So it's just this it's this it's this spiral that you don't want to be in. And so I hope that when David Andrews comes back and Cole Strange has Trent Brown to his left and David Andrews to his right, they get back to more of that camaraderie that they had on the offensive line. Now, Mike Nwenu at the right right guard spot, he's been good. He's been really good. He's probably been their best lineman aside from David Andrews. And Bruno, I don't care if it's Casper the Ghost. You can't put Isaiah Wynn back at right tackle. I don't care that Marcus Cannon is on IR. Yanni could just had a terrible start to the game this first week, but then had a really clean second half. So maybe he keeps it going um, because I just don't ever want to see Isaiah Wynn play football again. Like, I don't, even for like a bad team, I don't want to see him play. Um, so that's good. Not good. 
But here's what's good, okay? You have the Jets this week with a very, very good defense, all right? The rest of the teams that you are going to play down the stretch here, and I'm just going to run through them quick, Bruno. Do it. Um, I want to talk about some of their defenses, okay? So the Patriots obviously are on a bye week this week. They have a Jets with their elite defense after that. But after the Jets, okay, the Patriots go to the Vikings on Thanksgiving. They are home against the Bills, where they wear their right, uh, where they wear their red jerseys on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they go to Arizona and Vegas, two teams that at the beginning of the year were like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. Now it's like good, 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 good. Um, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. Every single one of those teams this past week, Bruno, in week nine, aside from the Jets, gave up over 150 rushing yards to the other team. If you talk about the Patriots' identity, they have a top five running back in the NFL right now in Ramondre Stevenson. Damian Harris is no slouch when he gets in the game as well. And if you can start to spell Ramondre a little bit and come at him with Damian Harris, who has a different running style, it's only going to benefit your team. So if if you can fucking pound the rock and you can start hitting some play action, one of the only good things about this Colts game from an offensive perspective is Matt got Hunter Henry involved and Jonu Smith was was decent. They like saw targets at least. Um, so if you can incorporate the ground game, be you know, get downhill. I think that's only going to help your offensive line. Like, would you agree? It's like for a struggling offensive line, you want to put your head down and like hit somebody, then like pass set. Wouldn't you agree? I would definitely agree, Kurt. And I don't know if this is where you're going, but like also. If we are able to get the run game going, which we're a good run team, and like you said, we're playing bad rush defenses, that's only great. We're talking about wanting to see Mac Jones and the Patriots pass game play better. Well, establishing the run helps the pass game because then it's not like they're just going to be daring Mac Jones to throw all the time because, you know, our run game is doing well. So, Kurt, that would be great. I would love to see that. And, Kurt, something else I can say also on the subject of our opponents, let me just throw this out there. Cause I, uh, I don't want to forget it and my brain is mush right now. So I feel like I'm going to forget it. If I don't say it, I saw some people talking on Twitter about this, Kurt. Let me just throw this out there for you, Kurt. There's a chance with the new NFL playoff seating of seven teams making the playoffs that the entire AFC East makes the playoffs, Kurt, including the Patriots. Kurt, if we take a look at the standings right now, there's only two teams that we'd even have to fight with. The Chargers at five and three, who have a propensity for missing the playoffs because they fold and collapse and lose heartbreaking games. And then the Bengals are five and four right behind the Ravens, who are a true, like that's a true contender. But Kurt, we're way better than every other team in the AFC right now, at least record wise. Kurt, a- AFC Beast, we're talking about playing all these bad rush defenses. We could be rushing our way to a four way AFC East in the playoffs, baby. Dude, it's, it's like plausible. Yeah. So. It, so in the AFC, Bruno, I'm looking at it right now, okay? Yep. It's down to nine teams who are going to compete for playoff spots. Yes. I think you can pretty much say that at this point. Yes. The teams who probably aren't going to be in it, the Colts, Browns, <laughs> yeah. Broncos, Jaguars, Raiders, Steelers, Texans. They're pro- all those teams are 3-5-1 and one or worse. I don't yeah. see it turning around for any of those teams, even when Cleveland gets there with Deshaun Watson back. Yeah. Um, so Bruno, that leaves the Bills at six and two, the Chiefs at six and two, Ravens at six and three, Titans at five and three, New York at six and three, Dolphins at six and three, Chargers at five and three, 
Pats at five and four, Bengals at five and four. Kurt. Talk about that being bunched up. Yeah. That's insane. And Bruno, like you said, like we play these teams. We play Buffalo twice. We play the Jets again. We play the Dolphins again. We play the Bengals. Like if the Patriots are going to make the playoff, <laughs> it's right there for them. It's like it's right there. So it'll be really interesting. Um, and there's a real chance that if if the Bengals don't keep pace with the Pats or if the Patriots beat the Bengals and they have the same record and the Chargers drop a game or two because of injuries, you're looking at the Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots finishing 5-6-7 uh, in yeah. the AFC. That would which be would hilarious. Just be insane. Insane. I'm rooting for it. Oh, God. Wait, if we – so if we're seven, we're playing either the Bills or the Chiefs probably? Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather play the Chiefs. I mean, Me I, I – don't Fuck get it. me wrong. Patrick Mahomes is a fucking wizard. And, like – but, like, if Malik Willis threw for 80 yards and they almost beat the Chiefs. Like, I – I, dude, like, I don't know what's good with the NFL this year. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. So it's going to be an awesome ride here, I think. Um I'm probably going to want to pull my hair out a lot. And I just yep. please just pray to whatever God you believe in or whatever you believe in that uh, the Patriots offense takes this little hiatus here for a week and figures it the fuck out. Patriots Nation, let's ride. Let's ride, baby. Bruno, you got <laughs> anything else? Are you good? Kurt, I am good. Uh, what a pod as usual. Kurt, that was awesome. That was fucking awesome. Have I said that <laughs> enough, Kurt? That's that's your new <laughs> slogan. Kurt, you know shit just gets stuck in my head. That's how it goes. But Kurt... Listen, it's a journey. It's a ride. We appreciate it and rewrite it. Uh, speaking of ride, uh, I will be attempting this weekend to not win for the 26th straight time. The dumbest pick six pick of the week. Uh, it's I'm minus 1000 to win it. So if you're betting on against me, you, uh, you're a fool because I'm undoubtedly going to make another stupid pick. But tune in this weekend, as always, to see our pick six picks. Kurt, feel free to not update the graphic. Who cares about standings? Numbers lie. It's not but numbers never lie. It's numbers lie. But you went four and two this week. Okay, that's stunning. I didn't know that before I said that. I feel you like went my four and two. I went six and zero. Oh, but like you went you four went six and zero. Oh? Yeah. Oh fuck you, Kurt. Okay, you know what? Listen, fucking numbers never lie. Numbers lie. All right, I'm just gonna say it. Numbers lie, Kurt, and that's a lie. You're a fucking liar. I ain't calling you a truther. Truther. Shout out, Trey and Josh. Shout out. Um, I lost my train of thought because I'm stunned that Kurt went six and zero. Oh. That is that's tough. I'm gonna have to go back to the drawing board. But Kurt, we're gonna draw and we're gonna board and we're gonna fucking ride, and that's what we're gonna do. So as Let's always. Ride. Thanks to our sponsors. Kurt's going to go enjoy the Country Music Awards. Shout out everybody on this wonderful day today. Hope you're having a great day tomorrow as you're listening. And we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys.